Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today I have a very interesting episode to share with you. I just spoke with a gentleman named Vinit Verma. Vinit is a screenwriter, producer, editor, 2D and 3D animator. Uh, he has a love for telling stories and uh, we talk about a lot of things from his humble beginnings as an artist in India, uh, some of his family background and how he continues to develop his creative process, what kinds of habits and routines does he do on a daily basis to keep himself uh, finding new creative ways of looking at the world. Uh, ultimately, I had a really great time talking to him. It's a unique perspective hearing from someone that's in a more creative field. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen some of his work before. It's been broadcasted on a place like MTV, VH1, PBS, Disney, Adult Swim. He's, he's had his work all over the place. You've probably seen some of it and not realized it previously. But without further delay, I want you to enjoy this episode with Benit Verma. Hey, Vinit, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. It's a real honor to have you on, and, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So for the listeners out there who maybe don't know you ahead of time, uh, could you tell <laughs> them what it is that you've done and some of your previous accomplishments? Oh, well, that's, that's a weirdly long list, but uh, <laughs> let me just start. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um, well, I was in 2D and 3D animation. I was doing animation. I did a show with PBS called World World. It's still a tongue twister for, and it's a kid's show. It won three Emmys. It was a PBS show in 2009. And then I worked with Disney. I did uh, a show called Monster Buster Club um, that used to broadcast on Disney XD and in 2008 I decided to work with humans after 10 years of animation uh, and then I used to teach uh, at New York Film Academy and also was post-production supervisor over there then I did commercials for brands like Ninevest, Hyatt Regency, OWG, recently did a brand uh, commercial for Pedalicious. Uh, besides that wrote a TV show called Stitch, uh, which is still in the in the talks. Uh, did a proof of concept video with uh, Harold Lennox and Michael Wright as and currently writing a sanction to write a Bollywood feature film. So I guess that's I don't know if that's like a list list, but but that is something that I've been working on. Absolutely. Well it's certainly a yeah. good list. It's very comprehensive. And, um, <laughs> I'm curious, you know, of, of all those projects, and you've worked on so many, uh, are those the ones that have gotten the most attention or are those the ones that you feel uh, the best about? 
Well, these are the projects that I feel best about. Uh, some of the other projects that I, well, started off with that did well, the time when they got out were bigger, but I never really, like there was a show that I did in 2006, oh damn, uh, called Tripping the Rift. I never liked that show, but uh, you know, you work on projects at times that, that you work on. So, sure. <laughs> so that was fun and interesting. But yeah, these are, these are some of the projects that I feel good about uh, when I see them or, you know, or they inspire me or, or these were the projects when I took a turn in my development as a writer, director, animator. That's when I felt that I grew a little bit working on these projects. Excellent. Excellent. That's why I'm very curious about those projects. So tell me, mm-hmm. uh, your skill sets is it's very it's it's a wide range you know i'd say there <laughs> i know that it can excel in any in one particular one of those categories never mind uh you know writer director and animator and do well at all of them what where did this uh interest for you begin and when did you know that it was something that you wanted to do on a professional level mm-hmm. well i come from a family of artists uh my grand my maternal grandfather was a writer, uh, so he used to write books. And my paternal grandfather was a painter. My mom is a classical singer. So it's just like we all were just like I grew up in that kind of environment. So I was everybody appreciated me doing or telling stories. So telling stories was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, but it's a funny story how I started working into it. I think I always knew that I wanted to make films, but the whole route of animation and all of that stuff is a very weird story. I don't know if you have time for that, Uh, but uh, true story. Uh, I was 15 and I was madly in love with this girl who was 19 and she knew about it. So, you know, and I was like, okay, you know how when you're 15, you're like, I want to marry this girl. This is my, you know, that was it. Absolute certainty. absolute certainty it's like this is gonna happen you're gonna have future you have kids and all of that stuff and i'm just 15 so i i started realizing that you know because she was four years older than me she might want to get married at certain age and if i want to make films the way i want to i might not be up par or i might not be able to support a family you know but again as a 15 year old so that was fun and so I, I started uh, noting down what my skill sets are and what can lead me to still make films. So I used to sketch. My, my sketching was uh, pretty. It was, it was all right. So I started looking for, and I used to do like flip, flip book animation kind of stuff. So I started applying at jobs and I started looking for work then. And I was lucky enough to get as a character designer position at uh, at a good animation company back in India. And you know, that started it all. I just started when I was 16. So that was fun. So you talked a little bit about how you had a uh, family, uh, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're already in this, in this world. But what, what is that world like in 
you know, trying to make a career like that in India versus doing it, you know, now you're here in California. What, what was sort of the, uh, I, I don't know much about, about what that no, totally, industry totally. is like there. I think, well, I was, the industry is pretty big. Bollywood itself is pretty big. Uh, but for me, that was not, uh, like Bollywood not, was never my main goal or even Hollywood per se. I just wanted to make films. I just wanted to tell stories. So my whole aim, you can say it was a li- little bit naive, but it was not related to any industry. It was more about, I just want to tell stories. And, you know, that's what uh, keeps me going or that's what inspires me every day. And I'm like, I'm still... I feel good that every day I can create or I can tell a story. It doesn't have to be a visual story. It can be any kind of story that I can create. It can be animation, it can be anything. And I think all those skill sets were something that led on to me. But uh, to answer your question, in India, it was tricky, uh, and especially in animation, because uh, when I started working, my first episode, one, the first show that I did, was called The King. It was a Canadian-Australian production. And uh, it was totally unrelated to whatever was happening around me in the industry. But yeah, I was uh, making money as a 16-year-old and I thought that I'm on the right path to whatever or wherever I will go. Because, because even now, like even now I use those skills like every now and then even if i have to pitch i can just do a quick storyboard and be like hey this is what i'm thinking or i can even do an animatics or that becomes the story itself Um, that becomes the whole video per se or the movie and and i think that's where it all led to and i'm satisfied with how it has come across Mm -hmm. yeah excellent (laughs) that's really cool well do you have any formal training in your field or, or did you just start on your own, you know, just, just chipping away? Well, in 2D animation, uh, so I, I might have to give this a breakdown if you, if you have time. Sure. Uh, yeah. In 2D animation, so I applied as a, when I saw all these jobs posting, there was this job from an Australian company and they were looking for character designers and um, but they wanted like bachelors or masters in fine arts or somebody who has substantial amount of experience but uh, but I had none of those I was still in high school so what I did because I thought it would be like an online gig that would happen and would go by so I used my dad's name on a resume and i uh, and i asked them for a character description with my dad's name so they sent me the character description and then i did those characters and out of 10 i think they selected 3 which is not a great number but it's still a number and i totally forgot about it and my dad received a check after a month on his name and he was like why am i receiving this so he called them <laughs> so he called them and then you know they talked and all of that stuff and my dad was like i didn't do these i think my kid did <laughs> oh, wow. so so they called me they were like what what are you saying so the director was luckily in india back then so he asked my dad to bring me to the office and you know if he could and my dad did and then they took like a 
test of three hours and they scared me because they were like, oh, well, you kind of did fraud over here. So you might be arrested. <laughs> but, uh, but luckily, you know, that didn't happen. And they asked me, the director was like, I, you know, we would like to hire you, but you have to do your studies and, you know, you can blah, 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 all of that stuff. And I just said yes to everything because A, I really wanted to do it and B, I was madly in love with that girl. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, that's such a great story. So you you uh, impersonated your father and submitted drawings to a, to an establishment that was looking for bachelor's and master's degrees and you were selected uh, through that, yeah. which is a huge indication of the quality of your work. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you didn't get busted for fraud. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> no, but I, I had to work a lot because the director was like, you have to make 100 sketches every day outside your work. And if I don't wow. get, if I don't receive 1,000 sketches within two weeks, then he has the right to fire me. Wow. So I, I wrote that kind of contract with them, which was kind of stupid. But, you know, that's, that is something that kind of led me to a path that I think because it, right from high school, I was into the zone of doing my stuff, even outside my work, just creating art and, you know, being on a, being on a deadline per se, or I was on a deadline all the time. So for four years, I did that. For four years, every day I used to make hundred sketches outside my wow. work. Wow. So, so you know, so that kind of helped in any sort of way, and I was lucky enough because I was the only child in that company back then. So, so the director or the animation supervisor would make me sit behind them. They said it's not the schools; you're not going to learn anything. Like nobody's going to teach you anything. You have to learn it by yourself. But I was lucky because he made me sit right behind him so I could see what he was approving or what all corrections he would give. So that actually helped me a lot. So I had a very good mentor, per se. That's phenomenal. I'm very curious. Uh, so for four years, doing 100 sketches a day outside of your work, I know a lot yeah. of artists who, uh, who have a hard time coming up with things to sketch. You know, and I... Yep. <laughs> I know people that, uh, you know, they have a hard time coming up with one thing a day, never mind a hundred things a day. So where, where did, how did you, uh, how did you defeat that sort of feeling of maybe not knowing what to, what to draw or sketch and, and like, how, how did no, you so, create such a volume yeah, of work every so day? That, that was the thing was like, because even I didn't know, and that's the whole practice. That's where it leads to. It's, it's almost like, it's very similar to writing as well, because, in writing, you know, how you say, just get on and just write anything that comes in your brain. And eventually you will become the writer that you want to be or you intend to be or that you aspire to be, you know? So that, that's what the thing was, even with sketching, though I did have some guidelines and I think that's how I write my stuff as well. I, I always put my guidelines onto it. So my director, uh, this animation supervisor would give me one character pick any character. He would give me one character and would give me one emotion. And then, so it was not just like make any hundred sketches per day. It was about this character being, say on that particular day, being happy. 
So if Russell is happy on one day, I have to make 100 sketches of Russell being happy. So, which also helped me understand emotions better. So it's not just like making him smile, it's also body language, it's also, and then you can always improve the sketch that you already made. So you're, you're exaggerating it or you're making it less exaggerated. But how would the same character be happy in 100 different ways? Obviously, I was really bad in the first year, I would say. Uh, but, you know, that's what, that's what the practice did. It improved me, uh, you know, to keep on going. And, and also, I think the, the trick is, because I had to do so many sketches, there was a point when my hand and my brain were not thinking about it. I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, the first instinct of making art, I think that's what it clicked. And, and that really helps me. Like even now, I, I forgot to mention one of the projects that I did in New York. And um, I had a writer's block. Like I couldn't write. Uh, I was just like, damn it, I do. And that's when I was writing sketch. And I was like, I couldn't do it. So I realized that I can sketch on my iPhone. So I would sketch on my iPhone during my train rides in New York. And I did that every day. And I made, I made a point that I would be a system. Like if I do this, then I'll do that. Then I'll do that. Then I'll do that. So if I'm eating eggs, two eggs in the morning, then I'll sketch in the train. If I sketch in the train, then I can eat a bagel later at work. If I'm eating a bagel later at work, then while coming back, I'll finish that sketch. If I finish that sketch, then I can write three pages. Wow. And that's what led, you know, it led me to a path. So I made like seven, 75 sketches on my iPhone and that, that it came out to be a totally different series. Uh, like whatever I wrote during that part didn't really pan out into anything but it is something that actually pushed me back. So yeah, so, you know, that kind of led me to, uh, and that series itself came out to be uh, something extra that I never planned. So those are called my iPhone sketches, uh, and it's called The the Lonely Travelers of New York. So, so it just became that. a series. It's a totally new project that I never planned. But it is something that led me back to writing again. I think that's a really powerful uh, story there because of what you're talking about is being in the habit of creating. So having the habit you described that you didn't, you weren't thinking about it and your hand wasn't, you know, you weren't focused on the physical or like the, you know, motivational aspect of diving into it. It was just happening and Mm -hmm. you're in the habit of it. And that's what panned out to create those projects. I think that's a, a huge lesson to be learned there. Uh, what are some of your what are some of your other habits speaking of habits like what are some of your other habits that keep your creative juices flowing or keep a new you know how do you continue to have a new perspective on the world around you to draw these different uh you know to Mm -hmm. understand different uh perspectives to to create well first of all i make a point that i watch at least one film a day it can be any film it can be in any language i don't care but I watch one film a day, at least, at least. And if I'm working, then I'm, you know, um, besides that, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I would get back to that habit. 
I do have that habit of connecting things uh, or if I'm doing something, then I'll do something else. Like if I really enjoy going out at night, then I can only go out at night if I did this before and that before has to be connected to something other. So I, you know, it's weird, but I, like I wake up every day at 5.30. Every day at 5.30, I have to write at least for half an hour. Doesn't, I don't define the number of pages, but I define the time kind of way. It's almost like it's meditative in its own way. And sure. then if I do that, then I can, again, go back to eat eggs and sandwich. And, you know, so if I want to do what I really want to do, I have to do all of these things before. So I connect everything to it. I love that. So, so all your habits are sure are tied together and, and one relies exactly. on, the, on the previous <laughs> one to get done. That's a, that's a, yeah. a genius system there. So <laughs> what are some of the other habits that you try to do in the day? You mentioned uh, writing for 30 minutes. Are there any other ones like that, yep. that you know, outside of like, you know, making breakfast? Well, stuff? I walk. I, I see, this is something that I gathered from New York and that, I don't know if it's a habit. It's a weird thing. Uh, so back when I was uh, getting into live action, when I was leaving animation, I used to listen to music. And I think everybody does that. Uh, but on my walks, I would imagine a music video with that music. So it doesn't have to be a music video in, in, a, in a typical manner that you think about. But with that music, like what all scenes would go into that music, what all uh, you know stories can be built into this particular song length or what can happen during this time so that's what i do during my walks i would not say i would i does i do that every day especially being in new york uh, in la now that i have to drive everywhere yeah. um, but <laughs> but i do uh, that is something that i regularly do but not on everyday basis like I would listen to music, I shuffled my playlist. So I was like, where this song can fit into a storyline. It doesn't have to be my storyline. It can be any scene. It can be, you know, any element that inspires me later on. But, but that's, that is certainly a thing that I do. I would not say it's a habit of every day. But it's mm -hmm. a thing that I do every now and then to, uh, to be in... Um, majorly to be in to be inspired because i think music music does that to you or at least to me uh, whenever i'm listening to something it you know it evokes a certain mood uh, and then how that can lead to any scene it can be a drama scene it can be an action scene it can be anything but how how that builds it up by itself and um, you know like out of i would say out of that, my none of the projects have come out, but it has definitely is starting to define my directing style, if I may say that. Like my directing style, it definitely cuts it off because I know where I want to cut it, where, you know, how it would happen, how on a rhythm it will do it. And I think that's, it's more about rhythm uh, than just, like you get, because even in movies, uh, I think every shot, every scene, or every action should have a rhythm as well. And your writing should have a rhythm as well. I, I don't know if I 
get it from what I do with this weird habit, but I definitely can brush it off or I can definitely polish it while listening to a song, while listening to music. So, so that is something other than writing for 30 minutes or sketching every day. Uh, this is something that I do often uh, that kind of helps me in its own way, or it kind of develops my habit of, or it kind of develops my style of directing. Sure. Well, I love that. I think that's, that's great. Um, I'm curious when it comes to your directing and, and, you know, story writing, what, what do you believe mm-hmm. are the components to a good story or to a powerful, effective story? I think you have to have people emote. If people don't feel anything, then then you're missing something. And first of all, the most important thing is that it should do something to yourself as a writer. A lot of, a lot, you know how there's method acting, there's also method writing. And if you can go deep into your own character and if you can start feeling what the character is feeling, this is, okay, I, I'm gonna, this is my writing habit. Uh, that leads me to to a lot of conclusions, a lot of things. I write, uh, especially when I'm developing a storyline, I write every scene as a POV. Whoever uh, the prominent character of that scene is, uh, I write that scene, or even just the basic diagram of the story uh, or a skeleton of the story. I would imagine who's the main protagonist or antagonist who's the main character and then I would write everything as a POV a point of view of that character so it doesn't have to be you know then then Michael went there and then Catherine got from that room no not like that if if Michael is the lead then I'm I will write everything as Michael then I'm Michael then what is Michael smelling, even though it cannot be part of the visual spectrum, but it leads to a lot of new things that I would have never noticed as a as just a writer. I have to be Michael. Then, then you know, then you start noticing or you start understanding the the psyche of Michael. Then you can be like, all right, when I go into that room, what all do I notice, which might interest me or which might show my psyche or how crooked my brain is. Uh, but I do that while writing, uh, thinking of that character. If there are more than two characters, then, then it's, always, it's always fun to go back to the same scene and write it from a different character's point of view. It's almost like writing a novel, not a script. But all of these elements really help me later on when I'm directing it, and also while I'm writing it. Because I need to know who is not in a whole movie, but in that particular scene, because each scene is a whole story element in its own way. And if you are that character, and if it's emoting something, if, then those elements are doing something to you, which in return will ignite something in the audience as well who are watching it. Or at least I like to think like that. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, and I think it works in most of in most weird ways it does. So writing from POV, uh, read, and this is something that I recently explored kind of a thing. Uh, and it came out again from sketching or 
other things that are, you know, the music and all of that stuff. And this is a very, uh, I would not say really new, but like since past two, three years, this is uh, a method that I've adopted. And I feel that it has, though you might feel that it has slowed down your writing process, but it does not. It actually really ignites it, really accelerates it in its own way. Because then you know more about these characters than you ever thought possible. So by taking the time to at least that's understand, yeah. So so by taking the time to really understand the point of view of the character, which can be thorough, it can take a while. It's actually going to help yeah. you accelerate your your writing of, about that character in the long run and in the creation of the film. And exactly. The exactly. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. So even, I love that. Even as directing, because then. I know, I think as a director, you should know more about the characters. And then obviously you explore it with the actors. But you need to know first, you're the first person who should know more about anybody or any element in the movie. And, you know, like, again, coming back to it, if I'm, if, if my character has OCD and if I'm writing a POV scene from that character's point of view, then I would notice more things, or at least I do whenever I'm writing it that way. You know, what should be uh, balanced or should not be balanced, what might bother me, what might not bother me. And those all emotions actually come out really well with this exercise. So it does, it does really help. I love that. I think that's a great piece of advice. And especially, uh, you know, because the creative process can be challenging for a lot of people and being able to... Uh, put themselves into it and to use that mental mm-hmm. sort of uh, approach, that strategy to think it through. Uh, I'm going to try that myself. Yeah. That's awesome. And another thing that I do, I, at least in the beginning, I write it, or maybe because I've come from a traditional uh, background, I don't like typing that much, mm-hmm. at least in the okay. beginning part of it. I write a lot with a pen and paper. Uh, I think there is a different connection when you're actually and it's same thing with sketching maybe because i used to sketch a lot or i still do it is something that comes from there but i have to write on a paper like nowadays i do it on my ipad with my pencil <laughs> but uh it is something that actually really helps because it's not i don't know for some reason typing never feels more organic to me when I'm writing it, each letter that I'm, say, bending the L in a weird way, uh, it is because of an emotional response. And it it makes you remember more for some reason. I don't know. Like, whenever I type, I just feel a little bit disconnected to my characters or to the story. Uh, whenever in the beginning, if I'm writing it with my hand, then I feel a different kind of connection to it. I cannot even explain it. <laughs> I think that makes total sense. It's like if you write your goals down versus typing them out, you know, it's going to have a different feeling, you know, when, when you're doing it, it requires exactly. muscles or requires more of a, you know, you're personally guiding the pen as opposed to just keying in all these uniform shape and size keys and all that stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I, I've really appreciated all this, you know, exactly all, all this insight that you've shared. Uh, yeah. And I, and I really appreciate your time today. Before we, uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, yeah. I know you're a really busy guy. I'm curious, what, what are you working on next and where can everybody find you? 
Oh, well, everybody can find me on, I'm everywhere, <laughs> kind of. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I'm uh, generally uh, Vinny3000 on Instagram. Uh, and on Facebook, it's Vinny Films. And that's my website as well. It's vinnyfilms.com. Uh, and what am I working on? I recently finished a commercial called Pedilicious uh, for Petty Floss. It's like a new brand that got onto Macy's and stuff. And uh, it's a it's a cute little world about these flip flops who are talking to themselves. How you know where all these flip flops have been? It's a stop motion ad commercial uh, that I recently did. So that was fun. Um, you know, and yep, that's pretty much it. And and again, I'm writing that Bollywood feature film, and you know, writing Stitch uh, as a as a TV show, as a feature film. So these are the two main projects that are happening. But otherwise, last weekend I wrote twelve short films. So I'm planning to. I think that that's. Um, before we go, that that's one thing that I would say. Always keep on creating your own projects. Doesn't matter if you're getting work from outside or not. It's always that. it's always good to create your like because there should always be something that inspires you, or there's something that should like pushes you to create more. And if you have created a bunch of comedies then either you, it's the same thing doing the 100 sketches, either you exaggerate it and create something on the same level or then you explore new emotions or you explore new stuff because that will keep you entertained by the work. Then the work is not work. You know, like something that you do outside your job time period is something that will keep you entertained. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, critically important that people figure out <laughs> how to make their work not work so i really appreciate all that information exactly you today it's been a real uh it, it's really been Thank an honor you. having you on the show and talking with you and uh i look forward to seeing your work coming out in the future i, I love the way that you tell stories and, huh? and uh, I'm, I'm i love now Thank that you. i also have more of an insight on your creative process so thank you <laughs> and uh best of luck to you well, thank you patrick thanks a lot it was really fun and um, I hope that I made sense. <laughs> I think you did. I think they'll be able to pick it out. So pick out the guy right. there. So thank you. Okay, again. great. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward 
to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.